You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. Here we are, it's Tuesday Club again, and uh, we're all on lockdown, of course, and we all know that. Hope everybody's safe and well out there and uh, abiding by all the government guidelines. Now, we're in our short history, Kyle Reese and myself, Sean Holly, we have uh, had some amazing guests from the world of sport and also from the world of film and TV. We got a big one today, and it's a capital B, because it's Daniel Bigger. Hey, Biggs. Hey, Sean, you okay, man? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, probably a little bit better than you because you've got a young family there and you're cooped up in the house and you're probably going a bit stir-crazy. Yeah, uh, having a two-year-old at these times is pretty challenging, to be honest. It's uh, it's Fireman Sam, uh, Jungle Book, Peppa Pig. <laughs> not much Sky Sports going on at the minute. So it's uh, life's tough at the minute, mate. But it's um, but it's also it's really good. It's awesome to spend some time at home with the family. We haven't spent, I haven't spent much time at home over the last sort of six months with them. So it's... Um, uh, my wife's my wife's making that known to me, and I'm I'm very much running around after the little one most of the day. Yeah, it's a change in there for uh, for all of us. We had Stuart Hogg, the Scotland captain, on a few weeks ago, and he said the same thing. Got a young family, and you probably get to appreciate then how much you are away, particularly with games. You know, it takes up the whole weekend. You know, and you would know from playing in the Pro 14, the Pro 12. You know, that's tough when you travel a lot, but you're in England now. But well, what's that like? Because you're away from your family at home. You've got your own young family there uh, in in um, in England. Now, how difficult has that been to keep in touch? Well, we're, we're actually really lucky, Sean, because both um, both my wife Alex's parents and uh, and my parents are both retired anyway. So we're really fortunate in terms of there's not really any restraints on them. You know, jumping on a, jumping in the car or jumping on a train. And we're, we're, at the end of the day, we're two or three, you know two and a half hours away, really. So. It, it works out really well. We get loads of visitors up to have to come and see us. Our friends are up all the time and family are up all the time. So it actually works out really well. We're actually quite enjoying when we're up in Northampton. It's having the house to ourselves on times. It's quite nice for us to get into a me, me, my wife and uh, and our little boy James. It's quite nice for us to get into a routine with the three of us. So um, we probably actually see a lot more of our family. In, in a in a kind of weird way when we're up there than, than when we are when we're back home and taking it for granted a bit. So um, it's 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 a really good setup we got up there at the minute. We really enjoy it. It's a lovely little place, Brackley, which is five minutes down the road from Silverstone Racecourse. So that's wow. um, it's a really nice part of the country, and we're about twenty five minutes twenty twenty five minutes from Northampton. So it's an easy drive in in the morning, and uh, really really enjoying life up there, Sean. Really enjoying it. Have you been down the track yet? I we've we've been a couple of, I the twice it's been on I've been um I've been away in the summer on on tour so um th- I'm I'm by the time I finish in Northampton whenever that is I'm gonna get to a race day in, I can't live in I can't live five minutes from Silverstone and not go to uh, the Corkery <laughs> at some stage yeah, so yeah. that's the plan anyway may I recommend it because um my parents and yeah, you know my parents right but yeah, what you yeah. don't know what you don't know is they're massive Formula One nuts right. And, I have to um, rent the house out to them every, every other weekend then, Sean, in terms well, of that. I, <laughs> they've had their fill, I'll tell you why. Now, they used to take me as a youngster to uh, to Brands Hatch. When the British Grand Prix was in Brands Hatch, I went twice with them as a youngster. But it was their 50th golden wedding anniversary a few years back. I thought, what do I get them, you know? So I knew a guy when I was at Bristol who drove Formula, not all the Porsches and the Fords. And yeah, the, yeah, know, yeah. He drove that level, a guy called Dino Zamparelli. 
local Bristol lad, obviously. Um, um, <laughs> he, I got friendly with him because he was under the Bristol Sport banner, and I just said, "Look, mate, do you, how do I get hold of hospitality with this that, and the other?" Anyway, he said, "Look, I, I host it with some ex-drivers, and it's right on the bend going into the street." I thought, oh, you know, sod it. I, I, I paid for my parents to have full hospitality at the Grand Prix and the practice. And me and Shirley and my eldest son, who loves Formula One, James, we went up as well. So it was a best present ever. They loved it. So if you can get along to it, Silverstone is, is great. But, but anyway, I digress. Are they paying uh, you too much in Bristol? Sean? I was just going to say, how much would you want then? That's where they got rid of me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, What's it like in lockdown, mate? We'd asked Hoggy, uh, you know, it's very difficult, isn't it? You know, to you're so used to training all day, every day, playing games. I mean, how are you keeping yourself fit apart from running around your young family? Yeah, it's, do you know what, Sean, right? I, my wife, it's driving my wife mad because she's so, she's kind of used to being at home a lot more. And um, she, she's kind of saying to me, well, she always looks forward to a Saturday because, you know, because there's a game and there's an event to go to and, and things like that. Whereas... For for us, in terms of for us to have some some downtime, or you know, albeit in the circum, you know, not ideal circumstances, but for us to have time where we're not on a schedule and not being told where we've got to be every sort of hour of the day, and um, and to actually not get bashed about on a Saturday is actually quite quite nice at the minute. My body is my body feels apart from my obviously some some niggles and things. Um, my body feels really, really good. So um, it's obviously really difficult, though, in terms of not being able to see people. And we've had a few um, sort of my house party or Zoom uh, quiz nights between our group of friends. So we've done <laughs> we've done about three or four of them, and we're not looking that great at the table at the minute. Our general knowledge is letting us down. So um, <laughs> so it, no, it normally it's normally about eight thirty at night. We've got the little one down to bed, and uh, we all jump on um, on the iPads and things and and get on. Uh, on a quiz so we've uh we're struggling a bit at the minute we need a couple of big rounds to finish but yeah it's, it's just been it's just been really for me anyway it's been really nice to have some time at home and not be any not be on, on any pressure to see people or to uh to be told where you've got to be and things and we're keeping us i got um we got given some weights and things by the wiu to be fair will give us some stuff to keep ourselves fit so i've been doing a bit of that and uh, bits and pieces of running, but it's, there's only so much you can do when you're at home and not in a gym and, and things like that. But we're, we're making do, and hopefully, the season comes back, we'll be in uh, we'll be in a decent shape to get back into it. Just just going off what you were saying there, Dan. Just thinking about it now. There's no rugby. There's no sport at all. When this is all over and the seasons kick back off again, isn't it like a massive reset button? Every single player should be rested. Uh, well, uh, how fit they'll be because, like you just said, it is difficult to keep yeah. up with the regimes that you would be on a day-to-day basis. But it's going to be amazing, like you just said. Your body's feeling great. You've had a, a nice rest now. You've got an even longer rest because who knows when we're all coming back. It's going to be pretty interesting to see who comes back and everybody's fresh and raring to go. It's going to be pretty yeah, interesting to it, see. It will be really interesting. I'm actually, I'm, I'm hoping that the Gallagher Premiership and uh, the rugby gets back as soon as possible, but. I'm a Man United fan. I hear you're a Liverpool fan, guys. I'm hoping the Premier League sort of cancels the season straight away and it's null and void. With a bit of luck, that'll happen and we can get back playing as soon as possible. But, Do you know what? Uh, I knew that was coming just big, now. Me and Big support the real Reds. That's what I'm telling you. I remember a couple uh, of weeks ago, no, I, I, no, I, there's so many memes flying about now and I saw a meme the other day that said... Um, 
you know, it's it's not to be laughed at, but all the stuff that's happened. 20, uh, 2019 was a great year for so many reasons. Liverpool almost won the league, and then 2020, uh, Mother Nature and is doing everything in its power to stop Liverpool winning the league. <laughs> it's just yeah, brilliant. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it will it will be really interesting because there's lots of talk about obviously, you know, if we if we haven't played for say six or seven weeks, you can't just come straight back in have a week's training and then. And then play again. It's you know there's going to be some boys who are going to need a couple of weeks of intense training. Contact you know contact is a big thing. You know, yeah, you, have yeah. That, you won't take any contact for potentially two months and then be asked to go and bash yourself about on a Saturday afternoon and things. So um, I think everyone would be raring to get back into training and back into playing. But it's just whether it's you know physically doable in terms of after having X amount of time off and. And whether they can fit the whole season in, and and then what what happens in the next season, and it's, so it's, there's so many unknowns that at the minute I think the best thing we can do is just keep ourselves ticking over in terms of fitness wise, and and when we get you know the, the okay to come back in the train and, and play, then then we go from there. But it's, it's, it is a really difficult situation at the minute where you just you're almost you know you're keeping yourself fit and doing bits and pieces, but you've got nothing at the end of it to show for it. Maybe all the uh, clubs and all the rugby boards just send an open letter to ease you all back in. And just right, the first couple of games we're just gonna have a game of touch, touch rugby. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine that being the case. Years hoping, anyway. Right, I want to go on because obviously you and Sean have known each other for a very, very long time, and. Yeah. Um, like I've known Sean now for a few years, and uh, he's always spoken very, very highly of you. And um, one thing that I have noticed as well is, whenever he does all his punditry or his interviews on Premier Sports or whatever, and and you come up in conversation, there's lots of people that talk about you, Dan, because you're a very popular player. You're very well, probably one of the best tens in the world, and I've been for a few years. But he's the only person that calls you Daniel. Everyone else calls you Dan Bigger, Dan Bigger. And he's, he's like, yeah, so, uh, yes, I watched Daniel play. and you know, uh, So just g- give me a little bit of history <laughs> between you and Sean. People call me other things as well, I'd imagine. <laughs> well, but... Legend being one of them, mate. Legend being one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, I've known, well, I know Sean since, oh, when I was, whatever, 15, came into in towards the Ospreys Academy and um, came through the ranks and everything then, really, until Sean gave me my debut at, uh, what was I, 18, was it? Was it 18. Just turned eighteen. Yeah. Um, so um, I think my first my first big start. I remember Sean was against the Blues at the Arms Park, wasn't it? In uh, whatever two thousand eight, maybe. And um, I, I'm safe to say I didn't I didn't sort of cover myself in too much glory in that first 45, 50 minutes. Um, it was a good. It was a steep learning case uh, curve for me. That's for sure. Hooky came off the bench and was absolutely brilliant and steered the steered the lads home, didn't they? But. Uh, you know, for me to be chucked in and given the confidence that Sean gave me and um, sort of stood me in really good stead. And, you know, Sean Sean took a massive punt on on picking me in the team in terms of, you know, you had Hookie who, who played centre for us in those couple of years that we, we played together and we struck a really good partnership up. But, you know, it, it, it took it took Sean to sort of, you know, uh, make that call. And, and I suppose without that, who knows where where my career could have gone really so I owe a massive amount to Sean and I think what people you know Sean was an extremely good rugby coach and uh, and and what he gets doesn't get enough credit for is as, as a bloke he was as, he was as good as they came really so I don't want to sort of say too much too many positive things about him when he's look at his face now look at his face Dan he, no he, he was he was <laughs> I think you, you know you you get a lot of good coaches and a lot of good 
good people in terms of technically in the game as well. But Sean was one of them who had both an excellent rugby coach and, and one of the best blokes you can you could come and who gave you confidence and, and was always there to approach, you know. Yeah, so right, it's... that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and just to let everyone know, he, he hasn't um, asked me to ask these questions. I'm just very interested. No, look, <laughs> I, I, I had a strong affinity for Daniel straight away because I loved what he stood for. Uh, very confident, yes, but there's a difference between you know having that sort of confidence and arrogance. And he hasn't got arrogance. You, you wouldn't meet a, a better person. But um, I spoke a lot over the years with his mother as well, and um, I've just always called him Daniel. I can I can hear myself saying now in training, you know, Daniel, as if he's done something that he shouldn't be doing, you know, or he's he's losing it or something like that. But uh, it's something I've always called him because that's his name, Daniel. You know, so um, whenever people say that to me, I just say, well, that's his name. That's that's what I call him. So so, so come on, but, in boys. Um, we don't we're on a we're on a podcast now. We do a lot of off the field bantery type of stuff. So. I got a challenge for the both of you, which is off a cuff now. I haven't, I haven't told Sean I'm doing this either, Dan. So I want you now, both of you, to tell us a defining, well, not defining story, but a funny story that is, um, you know, you, that PG, I suppose, about each other. Something from over the years when you've been in the same club in the Ospreys or, you know, could, it couldn't even be like a, a stag do or something because I remember seeing a lot of pictures of hooky and all them boys, Shane and stuff in Benidorm, so I'm guessing you two must have been along. The, the, the best, well, it's not a funny one. It, well, funny one is when he started bossing Jerry Collins around on the training field. And, uh, that, that, that's pretty funny when you're in the middle of it and you can see the mist coming down. Um, but I, I've told this before, when Daniel was a youngster, you know, and it's something that endears me towards him, that he... He came and knocked the the coach's door, you know, down the Liberty Stadium, and said he'd been approached, uh, hadn't you, Dan, by a couple of colleges yeah. in London, and um, just came as a as a young man on his own, you know. Can you imagine myself, Lynn Jones, Mike Cuddy, and he just came in and he said, "You might have heard these uh, rumours. I've been approached, but uh, I've come to tell you face to face. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to play for the Ospreys and play for Wales." And and that was as a young age, and. Um, you know, as well as the talent he had on on the field and the training field, then you knew that this boy, this guy, had had an edge, had something different that would stand him out. And do you know what, Kyle? He hasn't done too bloody bad, has he? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Just, uh, I, so I don't know if you remember, you probably will remember it, but I remember, um, I can't remember what year it was now, but I think I'd missed, I'd missed a few kicks uh, in a game I can't, I can't, you know what, I can't remember. It may have been Leinster, maybe, I, I'm not sure, but we missed a few kicks. I, mean, I think we ended up losing by about five points or whatever. So, obviously, I wasn't feeling 100% in, in, in terms of uh, confidence-wise. I remember that you said, you sort of asked me, you said, what right, what time are you you doing your kicking this afternoon or, or today? And I, and it was towards the end of the day. So, he grabbed a few balls and things and came out with me and just sort of put me in a few pressure situations in terms of saying, right, it's, it's 10 all with, you know, just before the... Uh, just before half time, or it's you know you've just scored a try early on. Can you make it into seven points and and things like that? And I just think for me again going back to what I said earlier about him, it was it was that extra little bit for me which which helped in terms of that a real sort of um, gave me the confidence to be able to be who I wanted to be and, mm. and sort of little bits and pieces like that go a long yeah, way in I, terms I, of. I tell another one, Biggs. You, I don't know if you remember this, but thing is, Kyle, when you like, I started coaching young. So even when Daniel was coming through, 
you know, let's say around about uh, 2007, I would have been 36, 37, still feel, you know, a little bit fit, you know, like to keep myself in some sort of shape. And as kids, we used to play a game called gaining ground. So if it was just you and your mate or you and your brother, you'd have one ball, you go down the field and you'd, you'd play the whole field or across the field and you'd practice your bombs, your kicks, but you'd be against each other and you'd try and hit the floor without bouncing. If you caught it without bouncing, you could take three steps and gain ground and beat them across the line. Well, I, th- I said to Biggs, you fancy doing a little bit. So, right, come on, I'll take you on. We'll, we'll go out and do a bit of gaining ground. I've never been so knackered, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> he run me round the field, right? Right, that's it, Biggs. We're going in. I've had enough. Uh, I, tell, I tell you one that you just remember me now. Because I thought, uh, I thought you were going to say this story. We did, um, do you remember? It must have been my first preseason with the Ospreys when I was, we were just in the academy and we did a few. I think it may be in the World Cup year. So a lot of the academy boys were in training to make up numbers and things like that. And we were doing sort of, you know, uh, tire tire flips and, and pushing cars and lorries uh, and things like that. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm first to admit it, I'm far from the strongest and most powerful person around uh, in the gym or, or anything like that. But we had to, was, we had to push a truck, um, you know, whether it be five, 10 meters or whatever. And I remember going onto this station and I was absolutely, I was given everything I had, right? And Sean came over to me and said, come on, Biggs, for God's sake, get yourself going realized then afterwards someone had left a handbrake on on the, on the truck <laughs> so, so, so I, that was me trying to impress as a 16 17 year old or whatever i got sean coming over to me thinking i'm absolutely nothing and someone's left the handbrake on on the truck which uh, made me look tense i was <laughs> i'd forgotten that i'd forgotten uh, that so yeah we had some good times for play well, brilliant times mate. nice to remember those things yeah kyle's a massive uh Wales fan, Osprey fan, and uh, you know it's funny that you he asks me and like like you get as well. You know people ask, and you forget. You know time flies by, and you forget all the memories and stuff. And I I left in 2012, so it's eight years now. You know yeah. eight years, and having had nine years there, there's a that's that's a that transcends a, a long time. Then lots of highs, lots of lo- lots of lows, Kyle. I want to talk a little bit about the 2010 season. I'm both you both we both have very good uh, memories of that. You had uh, Biarritz in the quarter, quarterfinal of the Incan Cup. Any memories? Yeah, just a pot. Yeah, I think that was the year. I think if we'd have, if we'd have snuck past Biarritz, which I think I think we were the better team on the day. I think Damien Try hit three of the ugliest drop goals I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And I mean, I mean, I've, I've seen some bad ones in my time. I've hit a few bad ones myself, but they they were three of the ugliest drop goals I've ever seen, and we lost by was it a point in the end? Sure, wasn't it? Uh, either one or two, but what happened at the end? I still yeah. get sleepless nights because, well, you, you you can relay this. You were on the pitch, Dan, but uh, I think it was one or two points. And Daniel's right; we were the better team. It's, it's a game we shouldn't have lost, really. But some anomalies happened. You know, in Wengia, yeah, the winger, we had a scrum mm. fight five meters out with a pack we had. Next thing you know, it squirms out the side. He goes ninety-five meters and and scores a try, beating Mike Phillips and Lee Byrne and. Um, but you know we had the game in our grasp at the end. I think it was one or two points, Biggs, and, and George Clancy had his arm out for an advantage. Yeah. So seeing that, well, you know, pick it up from there. The better. Yeah, well, we, we 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 saw that and we thought, well, we, we may as well take a, a drop goal attempt, and obviously if that misses, and you've still got a penalty to win the game anyway. And then uh, obviously took the drop goal attempt from a fair way out, sort of pushed it out or whatever, and then all of a sudden his hand went straight back down and, and the final whistle went. So it was 
you know, really, really strange. Um, I think we, everyone in the stadium saw the, the hand go out, which was, you know, an opportunity to have a bit of a free shot at it. And then, um, and then for it to be snatched, you know, snatched away like that. And then, and in those circumstances was, was desperately disappointing. And it was a really, really disappointing mood in the changing room, obviously, you know, heartbroken mood in the changing room afterwards. But I think what we, what we did after that was really, really important. We because we had a game in the in the uh, in the season called off, Sean, didn't we? The Ulster, yeah, Ulster, Ulster yeah. away. Um, I think that was the year we had all the snow and everything, wasn't it? So the uh, Ulster away got called off. So we ended up playing. We ended up having to play Ulster away on the Tuesday, Leinster away on the Friday to catch up our games. So what? And Munster, and Munster the Friday and before the following week, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. So we what we did as a group, we. Um, we went from Biarritz, we got home, we had a day at home, <clears throat> went back to Cardiff Airport on Sunday, flew out to um, flew out to Belfast, played played them on Tuesday night. And we spent the whole week then out in Ireland rather than coming home and things like that. And it, what it did was we ended up a bonus point win, I think, out in Ulster, away to Ulster. And then we picked up a losing bonus point at Le- uh, in Leinster. So and you look at six Munster points. Well. Yeah. And then we beat Munster the, the week after. And... All of a sudden, we finished second in the league, had a home semi-final, beat Glasgow, and then went to Leinster and shocked them. But the the, the actual the, the best thing about that was we had such a good week together in terms of the disappointment from the Biarritz game was was devastating. But we, what we did, we had a really good week, bonding week in terms of um, all of us staying together, like almost like a mini camp and things. But the, the best part of that week for me was uh, Hooky drove his car to Cardiff Airport on. Um, on on the Sunday, now normally we you normally you, you sort of park it in the the short stay car park, don't you? And you think right, you're just going for a couple of days or whatever. But then we came back via the ferry the following Friday um, from from playing Leinster and because um, of the ash cloud, so we ended up there. So Hooky decided to leave his car where she parked in the long stay car park for another. And no, and and those days we, we used to give you a ticket in. And the Ospreys would, you know, pay, you'd pay it, it yeah. for parking and that. But Hooky thought, well, we played Munster the following Saturday. Hooky decided to leave his car there for the following Saturday. So how much it cost the Ospreys in terms of that parking <laughs> ticket, I've got no idea. But I don't even know if they paid him. It. it must have been an absolute fortune. And Hucky, you know what Hooky's like? He was just, just thought he was, you know, safe as houses to leave it there. But it was a great week. And... Um, I think that set us up to win the league in the show on that week. Yeah, no, I did, mate. Yeah, I think that's why Hookie's got a testimonial to pay for that car parking, <laughs> I think. But yeah, it was great. Um, the Heineken Cup uh, disaster, really, because we would have had Munster in the semi-final at the Millennium Stadium. And we, I'm, I'm pretty sure we would have won that one. And then the final that year was in the Millennium Stadium. But then, you know, we turned around and um, and did it at the RDS against Leinster. And that was Philo Tia's last game. So that was very important as well for us because he made a massive... Massive impression on the Ospreys culture. So, uh, yeah, that's that. Biggs, let's turn our attention away from rugby a little bit. Um, uh, you and I, we mentioned earlier, we're massive Man United fans. Uh, have you been in as much turmoil as I have with our recent form? Uh, yeah, the last couple of years have been tough, haven't they? Um, Since no, Fergie no left, really. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen in the last month or, or, or in the month before everything sort of uh, broke for, for this um uh, the pandemic. I, I I thought I saw a big upturn in them, and I've I've liked the way that they brought uh, Bruno Fernandez in. Is that yeah. they, they were des they were absolutely desperate for a player of his quality just to come in because what they got they got 
they've got tons of workhorses in that midfield, and they and without yeah. you know whether you, you like Pogba or not, you know he's got a little bit of quality, hasn't he? In fairness to him, you, you can't oh, yeah. deny that. Um, but what you've got, you've got a load of workhorses in, and uh, and guys who will go box to box. But what they've done, they've brought Fernandez in, who's got that little bit of creativity, that little bit of extra quality uh, to look to you know to make a pass and. Uh, I think the difference in them and, and Fred's started to play a lot better as yeah, well. Yeah, he's, he's, he? he's looked he's looked like a, he's looked like a top top player in the last month. So uh, tough tough few years it's been, hasn't it? But um, hopefully they're on the way to um, they're on the way to better things. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what's one of the faces of rugby, Dan? You know, you are one of the faces of world rugby. Have been and will be for a while. Do you ever get to mix with you know some of the Man United stars as well? Like, do they rec- do you recognise well, each I, other? I'm as... gonna tell you a song. I, 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 I'm not. I don't even care that I'm name dropping to be honest, because it's that. Drop them, mate. Drop them. So I've got. So we went to. Um, so we've got a contact. Neil Jenkins has got a, a contact. A guy called Jamie Lewis, who is an absolute legend of a bloke who works in the the hospitality in Man United, and he's a, he's a Welsh guy, and he comes down to the Welsh games and things, and he said, look, anyone, um, anyone who wants to come up to the games, they look after them and. And everything like that. So, um, so we went to uh, we went to watch Spurs uh, on a Wednesday night. The midweek games are great for us because you can jump, you know, especially from living in Northampton. It's you know two hours up and, and back, and it's great for us. So, um, so anyway, we had we, it was I think it was during the Six Nations. So I had to go back for the for the Fallow week and play against Saracens. So, me and my mate from school, um, we went to. They said you, they said you fancy coming up for the Club Bruges game on Thursday night. So we said, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. It's something to do. We'll drive up for a couple of hours and, and go up there. And then they they said, right, you're in the you're in the director's lounge, so make sure you wear a tie uh, and a suit and everything like this. So bearing in mind, this is me and me and my mate from school just literally would have taken any seats in the house to go and watch Man United. So we've, we've gone into the director's lounge and then there's a little back door which goes into like a room and, and things at the back of the director's lounge. And we walk, we walk in and there's Bob, Sir Bobby Charlton having dinner on a, on a private table. As Sir Alex Ferguson who's just come in uh, to sit down to have dinner at a private table. The, the the MD of Man United is in there. We're hosting a load of uh, clients from America. And I got me and my mate from school who literally think we won a competition to be there. So um, it, was, it was honestly, it was one of the, honestly, and having a photo with Sir Alex Ferguson is, is an absolute career highlight. So, um, yeah, that was, we've we've been we've been really lucky that we made a good contact there, and uh, I'm hoping to try and get up to a few more games. Let me know, Biggs. Let me know. Yeah, if absolutely. If you made sure. from school, can't make it. I'm there to do Ah, who's thirsty now, Sean? Wales. <laughs> what um, what are the what's your hobbies, Dan? You know, when you're around the house, there. You know, what what sort of things do you you do you get a chance to do anything else? You go out and play another yeah, sport. Yeah, well, at the, at the minute, um, at the minute, well, at the minute, the big thing for us at the minute is that we've just bought a new coffee machine. Um, All right. So we thought we thought we're going to be, you know, it's going to be a few, certainly a few more weeks where we're going to be um, in this lockdown and we can't do a huge amount. So we thought, well, let's get try and get good at making coffee and and things like that. So that's the that's a big thing for us at the minute. That came two days ago. So the plan, the plan is to get as good, uh, make as good a flat white and, and latte art as, as possible. So we're, we're we're certainly beginners at the minute, but we're hoping to be to be pretty good by the end of it. Um, I can feel a coffee shop coming on. Big's Bistro. <laughs> Big as Bistro. Like yeah, that's a good one. In Hibs, in Hibs is one. <laughs> Hibs is good. The hideout. <laughs> yeah, have a cr- crushed avocado, chili flakes, and egg on sourdough. Very nice. Yeah. 
happy days. Yeah. Uh, what else do I get up to? I try before the little the little one, and you know what it's like, Sean. In terms of yeah. when the when the when the kids are young, you you are just so whether you know you've been away for so much, and you know you come home and things, and you then say to your say to your wife, "Can I go and play golf for four and a half hours and things like that?" It's <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty difficult conversation, isn't it? So um, gets easier, man. I used to play. <laughs> I used to play a huge amount of golf when I'm um, before the little one, but I haven't had a huge amount of chance. We we met. I'm a member in uh, down Langland Bay, which is an unbelievable course, and the sun's out. So um, play play a lot of golf. And if I'm honest, the TV gets on on Sky Sports, and there's there's football, rugby, cricket, tennis, um, absolutely anything on in terms of on a day to day basis and evenings. So uh, that's that's basically me, mate. Nothing nothing rock and roll. Just um, plenty of family life and and watching TV and the occasional round of golf when I'm when I'm away from babysitting duties. <laughs> what about, uh, so obviously we, we talk a lot about films and um, TV series and stuff like that, obviously with the lockdown, but what I'm discovering after speaking to uh, some of the rugby guests we've had on is because there is so much rugby in your life, a lot of people love a box set, love a movie, and a lot, a lot of rugby players, which I didn't know, are big film buffs. Um, like Hibs, when we had Hibs on, I could, oh, like, Hibs has got everything. Yeah. Myth, I couldn't believe it. We had, we actually had a proper bromance. I was just gazing into his eyes. I'm like, you love Marvel, so do I. You love Dragon Ball Z, so do I. But uh, so, <laughs> so what? What are you watching at the moment that we're all stuck in our isolation stations? Well, we're, we're watching. We've got a few things going on. We've because we're trying not to watch everything in one go um, because we don't know how long we're going to be. But we're our net, the net. The one we're watching on Netflix at the minute is Ozark. Ozark, yeah, oh, with. Yeah. Um, which is which is get we just we just started the second season so that's um, really good. Jason Bateman what, is it? For anyone who's listening or anyone who's looking for something to watch, we're watching on BBC is uh, Race Across the World. That's brilliant on oh, Sunday yeah, nights. Yeah, yeah. Which is I, I, honestly, me and my wife said yesterday. This is how this is how rock and roll we are. We reckon that's one of the best things we've ever done last night. Watch 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 that. It's great. It's an absolute. If anyone hasn't watched it, it's brilliant. Who's your favorite team, Dan? Couples, Who's your favorite team? Couples got. Uh, the cost of a plane ticket to get from uh, London to Singapore without flying. So it's um, really, really impressive program. So that's one we're into at the minute. Biggs, have you seen Hunted? I haven't seen Hunted. A few people right. have said to me that it's really worth a watch. So if you like uh, Race Across the World, right, you love Hunted, right? And um, What's a real treat for you, right? Watch a couple of uh, of the back episodes, but then watch. There's a celebrity <laughs> one, right? And Gav's on it, right? Was he on it? Yeah, Gav's on it, right? He's teamed up with Martin and Fire. Brilliant, mate! It's hilarious. Gav, I tell him he's brilliant. I've seen he's him brilliant. pegging it. They, happens, they, right? they, they yeah, come. They pegs across the field, that, man. Brilliant. It's it's quality, Gav. Right. Um. So yeah, get into hunting. So race across the world. That's Biggs's tips. Um. What about films, man? Films. We um. Again, sort of, we're not massive. If I'm perfectly honest, we're much more of a series, uh, series people than we are of films. But if I had to choose my favourite film, I would go. Um, well, we might as well do three Gladiator, every week. Gladiator, we ask a guest for three, so do your top three. Go on. Top three, top three. Go on. I I would go Gladiator. Yeah. I'd go Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yeah. And I would go. Oh. Do you know what? Right, well, we only watched it the other day. 
I say the other day, like a year or two ago, but The Greatest Showman was one of the most entertaining ones I've watched. So I would go, if I could only watch those three films again, you've got a bit of everything then. So those would be my three. Do you know what? You surprised me there. You surprised me with The Greatest Showman. I never thought that was coming. It's brilliant Especially film, after Gladiator and, and Shawshank. There's a bit yeah. come down there from those two. Isn't it? <laughs> brilliant. It's brilliant. Versatile, I like it. Biggs, in the uh, the epic that is uh, Daniel Bigger the movie, who who plays you? Who plays me? God. Um, I would say... Uh, who Who is the guy in uh, Ozark? Is it Jason, Jason, Jason Bateman? Bateman. Don't yeah, say Jason it. Don't say him. I reckon it would be someone who would be pretty... Pretty bog standard, but um, not that I've got the ability to launder millions of dollars for drug cartels, by the way. But um, <laughs> um, I reckon someone like him, someone pretty, you know, if you're if you're asking someone like Reese Webb, you'd go Channing Tatum, you know. Um, <laughs> but, but, but if you're asking Dan Bigger, you'd probably go Jason Bateman and, and, and be quite satisfied with that, I would say. Who would play me then? Come on. Why have you had to say that, Dan? I can't believe we've just done that. Every week we get a new person. He loves himself too much, man. I got, I got a quick question. Um, this is uh, probably the, the most ever spoken to an elite world figure in rugby. And uh, I am. I've been so nervous about this, but so excited as well. I just want to know, and it's, it's a bit of a, a self thing, it is, a, a bit of an ego thing. When you were out in Japan... I don't know if all the, all the boys here. I know a couple of them did, but um, there was this um, bearded fella who wrote a song for the team. Did you happen? Did you happen to catch hold of it? Um, I don't <laughs> that's know. A no. I, I, that's I, a no. I, I, I can't remember. What, what, you have to give me a little bit of what it was. Oh, I can't. My guitar's downstairs. No, I just, I, I just, you were in the chorus, I saw, mate, and uh, I just saw, I, I know a couple of the, the boys who were out there, the starters were playing, Corey Hill retweeted it and stuff like that, but because oh, I, because well, I actually... I, well, I'm not on any social media or anything, so that's probably, that's... Oh, that's right, there we are, that's fair enough. That's, that's your excuse, All everyone else would have seen it, no doubt. Kyle, you just paid yourself, mate. I didn't pay myself, mate, I had 1.8 million views, so how many views have you had, Sean? <laughs> Not that many. On Sean Holly TV. <laughs> <laughs> I won six major trophies ago. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> right, Biggs. We're going to let you go very, very shortly. Before we do, uh, let me do all our rugby guests. And thanks so much for coming on, taking your time out. Because they're with the young It's been family. a pleasure, Sean. Really enjoyed it. We're going to sign off with something we do called Up and Under. You ready? Yeah, fire away. Okay. Up and Under is a series of quick fire questions. No ambiguity. No midline, no wishy-washy like Jiffy the other week. You've got to try and pick one, right? Let's go. Here we go. Up and under with Daniel Bigger. <laughs> Tea or coffee? Coffee. Strictly or I'm a celeb? I'm a celeb. What do you want to say strictly? <laughs> Steak or chicken? Steak. Sanjay or Lee Halfpenny? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, both. Combination of both. <laughs> Custard creams or bourbon biscuits? Custard cream. Liberty Stadium or Franklin's Gardens? Oh, wow. Um, Killing him, Sean. got to go Franklin's Gardens for the packed house every week. Meal out or takeaway? Takeaway. 
Jose Mourinho or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Oh, uh, Jose. Mike Phillips or Justin Marshall? <laughs> Mike. <laughs> ben Whitehouse or Nigel Owens? I can't say that. Ben Whitehouse, 100%. Big, you've just been up and under on the Tuesday Club thanks very much for joining us wish you all the very best through the lockdown Um, you can follow us on the Tuesday Club on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore and on Instagram uh, Tuesday Club podcast Uh, we've been Sean Holly and Kyle Reese with the legendary Dan Bigger stay safe Dan cheers Sean thanks Kyle cheers Cheers, mate thanks pal okay what a great one see you next week boys ta-da Yes.